Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome to Rise to the Top, a college football betting podcast with your host and number one college football handicapper, Freddie Wills. Subscribe to Freddie's Premium Sports Picks newsletter, free at freddiewills.com. Third year of this premium newsletter, 30% return on investment, 60% against the spread, one email once per week. Subscribe at freddiewills.com. Hey guys, uh, back ready to break down another week of college football on this podcast. Uh, you guys might be listening to this Tuesday night, maybe Wednesday morning on your uh, way to work. So hopefully you guys enjoy everything I'm going to talk about here. Uh, before we get into it, uh, another week where we profited overall, 4-2 and two on Saturday, which was big. Finally hitting on our play of the day in college. Make sure you guys head on over to freddywills.com. I have another promo package. I'm, I'm keeping it the same, keeping you know the good momentum that we've had the last two weeks, offering uh, all my plays for college and pro football, $99 for the entire week, guaranteed profit, or two weeks for free. So if I don't profit, you're going to get the next two weeks for free. Uh, again, this is the third week I'm doing this. You know, Last week we got off to a rough start with some unlucky finishes to games, which we'll get to in a second. Thursday and Friday going 0-3, but came roaring back on Saturday, 4-2, and and then 5-1 and against the spread on Sunday to finish 9-6. and We hit on both play of the days with Buffalo in college, a 15-point dog winning outright, and then the New Orleans Saints plus 4.5 winning outright as my two big play of the days. So don't make make sure you don't miss out on this promo. Uh, again, prof, guaranteed profit or two weeks for free. NFL has been extremely strong for us this year. 27 and 20 against the spread in my career over 10 years during week four of the NFL season. And I think college is going to start breaking our way. I feel like, you know, we've talked on this podcast before. We've been very unlucky with the play of the day so far this season. You know, finally, we, we had one that was very easy with Buffalo last week. I really put in the effort. That's why that play didn't come out till Saturday. Usually my plays come out late on Thursday. But, you know, I didn't I, – I, nothing was up to par as a play of the day. And, um, you know, I really I really dug deep and looked at a lot more games than I typically do. So, uh, you know, the effort's there. I'm going to hustle for you guys. Make sure you follow me on Instagram. I'm new to Instagram. I'll be posting some videos and content over there. You can follow me at NCAAF picks so ncaaf picks on instagram it's linked on the website freddywills.com so uh make sure you check it out uh, i know this is primarily a college football podcast but I, i've really been killing it in the nfl uh 90 and 63 against the spread over my last 153 plays had a really good year last year 55 percent return on investment and uh that trend dates back to 2017 so really been killing it in NFL, actually, my NFL seasons have been better than college the last three years. So uh, you're really missing out if you're not following those picks as well. So let's jump into it. Uh, let's jump into some of the well. Let's let's go over my best pick. We just we we mentioned Buffalo plus fourteen and a half uh, was our play of the day. Easily cashed uh, Temple over Temple 
Uh, they won 38-22, to covering the spread by 30 points. Buffalo dominated on defense, forcing four turnovers, holding Temple to 289 yards, and two for 16 on third down. Now, I believe – I'm not going to jump into that. I'm not going to look at that game too much and, and worry about Temple. I think it was just really a bad spot. That was my main handicap in that game. And Temple – in my opinion, looking towards their game against Georgia Tech, against their old coach, Jeff Collins was their coach here just last year. And they're, they opened up as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, interestingly enough, most of the books have jumped to nine-nine-and-a-half. Nine, uh, it's going to be really interested to see where this line goes throughout the week. I, I, I don't have a lean on that side or anything. Uh, you know, obviously the coach knows his old team, and their offense hasn't changed too much. He knows the tendencies of that quarterback, Anthony Russo, but Temple's back at home where they play best. And Georgia Tech, I, you know, I don't really believe in their offense switching over from the triple option. So that's going to be an interesting game. Actually, one of the sharper books out there is to seven and a half, while everything else is at nine, nine and a half. So you have to think that they took some big money on Temple, uh, which I, I tend to agree with. I'm going to wait to see where this line goes. Uh, it's a possible teaser as well. Worst pick. Uh, this one's easy. Michigan plus three and a half was one of my losers on Saturday. You know, I don't think I have seen a team come out flatter in a big game than Michigan. At this point, I, I really just don't know what to do with uh, this team. They're, they're just not recruiting the right guys possibly, or obviously not developing them correctly. Uh, it's pretty bad how this team is. And, and Jim Harbaugh, maybe one of the most overrated coaches in the country. Michigan dominated at the line of scrimmage as Wisconsin's running back, Jonathan Taylor, did whatever he wanted in this game. Uh, going back to when Michigan was on the – I think it was on an Amazon show, and I watched it. Amazon followed Michigan. I think it was Amazon. I mean, my perspective of Jim Harbaugh completely changed. I, I, I no longer thought of him as like an expert football coach. So I don't know what's happened to him over the few last few years because he was great at Stanford. He was great with the 49ers in the NFL, bringing them to a Super Bowl. For whatever reason, I, I, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, yeah, first of all, I'd like to see him go back to calling the plays. This this uh, this pickup of Josh Gaddis, I, honestly, it's not working out. And I think uh, Harbaugh maybe needs to go back to calling the plays. And I think they need to make a quarterback change. Of course, uh, McCaffrey, I believe, got knocked out with a concussion. I don't know what his uh, status is this week. But uh, if Michigan makes a, a change at quarterback, I mean, they got Rutgers this week, 27.5-point favorites. I, I'm not I'm not rushing to back Michigan, but – I do like McCaffrey a lot more than Shea Patterson. He looked way better when he came into that Michigan uh, Wisconsin game. So, um, for Wisconsin, you may want to play them on the first half this week, or, or fade them in the first half. I, I still don't know if I can do that. They're going to be missing two. They're, they're two starting safeties who were ejected from the game against Michigan. So that's a big key. Uh, but it seems like Wisconsin is very deep on the defensive side of the ball because they had to play so many young players last year. So I'd be careful with that. But I, I do think that uh, Wisconsin moving up to a 23-point favorite and <clears throat> these big favorites, the first halves have been shaded to them anyway, so you're automatically getting value. If you can get Northwestern over uh, to touchdown dog in the first half, um, 
it might be worth a look for those reasons alone. Um, I, now I don't know. Northwestern's not a real aggressive team. Are they gonna Are they gonna throw the ball deep and take advantage of their two starting safeties not being in in the game? You know, I don't know. That's something to look at. But um, that's one one to- takeaway for me from that game. And I, I'm looking. Let me see. First half, Northwestern plus fourteen, um, shaded towards that moving to 13 and a half with uh, some extra juice on Northwestern. So uh, possibly worth a look there. I don't think it's a, a terrible, terrible look other than the fact that Wisconsin's at home in that game, uh, but it is at noon. So I like that bad beat of the week. Um, you know, I'm waiting for the week. We don't have to talk about this. <laughs> it seems like every week we have a bad beat and, and this is easily Houston plus five on Thursday night. You know, they, they covered the spread the entire game blow a 21 point lead with uh you know in this game they had two missed field goals a drop touchdown at the end of the game that would have won the game uh they gave up a trick play as Tulane was looking like they were they're they're going to kneel it out and take the game to overtime but they didn't they run around the the left side and then they you know I I think that was kind of cheap but you know look I I can't blame them they're they're they haven't won a ton of games in the past and look they're looking at win this game and Houston fell asleep at the wheel uh, and they were dead tired at the end of that game, Houston. So I wasn't even confident with that game going overtime anyways, but uh, then Tulane, I actually thought it was a good thing for us because I thought Tulane would, you know, throw a 20 yard pass. Like they did. Uh, they had a timeout and they would, they would go down call the timeout, kick the field goal and we'd win and cover. Um, what happens? Uh, <laughs> quarterback throws a laser Two Houston defenders try to tackle them. Um, they basically hit each other instead. Uh, it was like four missed tackles, and the receiver got into the end zone with a touchdown uh, to end the game. It was just, I mean, after leading the entire game, you kind of felt you kind of felt that that was going to happen. And, uh, you know, so at one point against the spread loss, that was definitely the bad beat of the week. Houston, definitely a fade team moving forward from here on out. Um, I don't know if I fade them this week because – the Lions moved eight points as Derek King, their star quarterback, their all-offensive player, announced he's redshirting the rest of the year and he's entering into the transfer protocol. So, portal protocol. <laughs> um, so that's a big red flag for me, and I, I can't say I blame King. I, I can't wait to see where he ends up. Uh, my guess would be Oklahoma next year, uh, but uh, which would be ridiculous. The bet I regret, um, it's not a bet that I regret playing. I honestly, um, I mean, I do regret Michigan, but um, looking back, I, you know, I think I would still make the bet. But uh, the bet I regret is the one that I didn't make, and that's Louisiana Lafayette. I, I had them as pegged as a possible money line dog play over Ohio. You know, I decided not to play it because I thought it was actually the first game I looked at, um, and I decided to put it to the side. Uh, you know, I, I thought maybe, you know, Ohio at home, a well-coached team could maybe limit a one-dimensional offense from Lafayette, even if Lafayette's rushing attack was elite. On the other side, you know, I, I didn't think the Mac – the Mac hasn't been covering games. They've been terrible. Um, Lafayette dominated from the start as they averaged 6.2 yards per carry. They were also for, fortunate, to, though, to cover, recover four of the five fumbles in the game. Uh, they picked off Nathan Rourke three times, and they went on to win 45 to 25. Right, they don't f- recover four to the five fumbles. They don't, you know, if Nathan 
takes care of the ball, <clears throat> this is a you know a closer game, and, and arguably uh, Ohio could win it. So um, I would, at the end of the day, I regret it because you know I wanted to play Louisiana Lafayette on the money line, and they win by 20 points off the road. So uh, that's why it's my bet regret. Uh, before we get into the misleading finals. Hey guys, Freddie Wills here. Check out freddywills.com backslash my bookie. This is one of the sports books I use. I, I like to use a few offshore sports books that are reliable. This is one of the ones I checked out last year that's gaining a better reputation. It's one of the newer ones out there. I, I like checking sports books like this out because they often offer uh, you know great promotions or innovative contests. The one I liked about this one, which was why I joined last year, was they have a their version of the super contest. Uh, first place wins $100,000, and all you have to do to enter is uh, de- deposit $100. So it's a great promotion, in my opinion. You can also sign up through freddywills.com backslash mybookie, or just go right to the website and enter claim code Freddy. That's F-R-E-D-D-Y. So let's get into some misleading finals. Air Force makes the list for me at Boise State because, you know, they could not convert on fourth down, which is something these service academies are great on. They went 0 for 2, while Boise went 1 for 1 on fourth downs. Uh, These two teams were even in yardage, 355 to 355. Air Force had a turnover and turned the ball over on downs once in their own territory in a tie game leading to easy points for Boise State. Actually, they led 13 to 10, and I think they're going for it on fourth down um, in their own territory, handing Boise the ball to score to go up 17 to 13. Uh, You know, look, we led the game 13 to 10. We're holding the plus seven ticket and lose. You know, that was was tough, and I I felt it was misleading because these two teams are pretty even in yardage. Now, I'm still high on, and, and you know, it ends up being an Air Force 11-point loss. So um, I'm still high on Air Force, and I'm not high on Boise. I still think, um, you know, I, I know they're getting a lot of love as as this group of five. And now with UCF losing, uh, which I called, by the way, uh, had Pitt this past weekend. So head on over to my website. You can check out that analysis, archived forever, released one minute one one minute after the game starts. Air Force this week hosts San Jose State, which is Arkansas. Uh, speaking of teams that have fallen, uh, they're 19-point favorites. So I, I would normally fade a team like San Jose State after a big win like that, but definitely not interested in taking a service academy as more than a two-touchdown favorite. Uh, now, they they might run and cover this game, but um, for me, I'm not getting involved for that reason. Utah versus USC. I mean, maybe you think I'm biased, I'm, I'm, and many of you aren't going to agree with me that it belongs here, uh, but this was a misleading final. I'm sorry. Uh, Utah outgained USC 457 to 381. They couldn't do anything in USC territory. That was really this game for Utah. They had eight drives into the uh, 30-yard line or less of USC. Uh, you know, losing Zach Moss early in this game really hurt, and I, I think they were just unlucky. Uh, now, now, many of you guys are going to rebuttal and say USC lost their starting quarterback right from the start. You know, look, I handicapped Slovis being in there and I didn't want Fink, the experienced backup to come into this game. Um, That changed the game completely. Utah didn't game plan for it. And 
literally Fink was just tossing up prayers in the game, and they were delivered and answered as as his receivers made him look like Brett Favre. They were catching over double coverage. The Utah secondary was making mistakes, penalties, not turning their head around uh, for the ball. I mean, they were in position a lot of times, and USC's receivers were just catching it and then going for touchdowns. So it was just a sloppy game for Utah. Utah also had 16 fucking penalties in the game. It was really a tough game to watch, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I don't think I've ever seen Utah have that many penalties. It was really, really ugly. The Pac-12 officiating has been awful. This conference has been awful. Utah, I, I felt, was the one chance for this team to get into college football playoff. They blew it. I thought this was a spot to take Utah. Uh, you know, I thought this was misleading, and and this was just an ugly game. I don't know how Utah gets back off the mat here. Um, now with Moss out again, you know, I'm sure they'll rally because this is a very good head head coaching staff in Kyle Winningham. But uh, they now host Washington State this week. They're five point favorites at home, you know, And I I just think that they really struggle with that air raid uh, passing attack. We've seen it multiple years. They've struggled with Washington State. They struggled. I mean, USC. I thought they were going to switch to a zone coverage against USC. Uh, they did it a little bit, but that was in my handicap. I really thought they were going to stick. I think once Fink came in, they were confident that uh, for whatever reason, they could run man. and it, it kept not working, so I don't understand why they didn't change it. Uh, they kind of stuck with, with man, and they were getting, like, torched. So, um, to me, I'm not betting Utah this week against Washington State. You know, if they struggle again, uh, they're definitely a team that I will – play on in the future. I want to see what happens with Zach Moss. I think he has a separated shoulder. I don't know how long he's out. Uh, that guy just keeps getting hurt. Uh, USC here goes on the road to face Washington as a 10-point dog. I lean Washington there. I thought Washington looked really good in their game against BYU. Their quarterback looked, I mean, he's he's got the best arm in college football and Jacob Eason, the transfer from Georgia by far. So if that defense can pull it together, I, I want to really dig into the secondary of Washington. I think that's the key here. I think that Washington can win this game by three touchdowns if they're secondary. And I'm not sure. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head how strong that secondary is. I do know that a lot of cornerbacks get drafted to the NFL from Washington. It's something that that program prides themselves on. So uh, definite lean towards Washington this week. Uh, another Pac-12 team, actually the only undefeated Pac-12 team right now, Cal. Uh, so here's your hopes for a college football playoff. Cal's got to run the table and win the Pac-12. Uh, no big deal, right? Uh, you know, they, they beat Ole Miss, an SEC opponent on the road, uh, at 9 a.m. body clock time. I actually leaned Cal, wanted to freaking play Cal. Uh, then I listened to some, some people that I respect out there that were saying Ole Miss, you know, the early game, the heat, the humidity, Blah, 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 blah. It was the misleading final. However, um, as Ole Miss outgained Cal 525 to 433, um, they had 27 first downs to Cal's 24, uh, but Cal was plus one in turnover margin. Cal got the passing game going finally, which was, you know, they couldn't throw the ball pre- previously. Uh, that's really what saved them in this one, as, as Ole Miss was also just five for 17 at third down. So moving forward, Cal, if Cal can get that passing game going, I'm, you know, I'm I'm very optimistic with them. I, I liked them a bunch last year. I, I liked their head coach, Wilcox. I think he's an excellent defensive coach. Uh, Cal here, four-and-a-half-point favorite this week against Arizona State. No mean for me. Uh, I mean, if anything, Arizona State, but I'd like to see that more towards a touchdown. And 
Arizona State, usually a tough team in the dog roll. Cal is a team I prefer backing in the dog roll. So for me, I'm, I'm not going to play anything here. Ole Miss, 37.5 point dog at Alabama. Uh, no thanks. I'm, I'm not getting that. When is Alabama going to play like a, a good opponent? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, these non conference games that they play, it's just, and then they, you know, feed on the weak SEC bottom feeders. I just, I'm just tired of seeing Alabama at this point. I want to see them play some good opponents which I know is coming up. Uh, we got a c- couple more misleading finals here. Western Michigan outgained Syracuse 557-545, but lost by 19 points. Uh, this wouldn't make the list if they lost by 7 or 10. Uh, they lost by 19 points. And, and, you know, we did have Syracuse as as a play at minus 4.5. I think it was our free play of the week. And, uh, you know, Western Michigan gave up the ball four times in this one to Syracuse's two. Uh, They were out there. They were just one for five on fourth down, really the key in this game. I feel like uh, against some teams, maybe you shouldn't go for it on fourth down every fucking time. I feel like it's a new age way of thinking or whatever. I don't always necessarily agree with it. Uh, Like, I didn't agree the Air Force should have went for it on fourth down in their own territory, up 13 to 10 in the game. I thought that cost them the game, cost cost us the cover. Uh, Western Michigan here, if they punted a few times, who knows? Would they have covered the spread? Uh, Probably. They could have won this game outright. Um, They were moving the ball all over Syracuse until late when uh, Syracuse really started uh, going after, trying to get some tackles for loss. And I think the, the heat in that dome really got to Western Michigan more than it got to Syracuse. As you know, obviously a power five team is going to be a little deeper than a group of five team. Either way, Western Michigan seemed like they were the better team until late. And um, Western Michigan, 17 and a half point home favorite against Central Michigan. Not not a game I'm 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 excited to get involved in. Uh, but if anything, you know, maybe leaning towards Central Michigan, who has not looked that bad this year. Uh, they played right with Miami on the road last week, 17 to 12 game. We'll talk about that game in a bit. Michigan State. Defeated Northwestern 31-10. to This is on my misleading report because, I mean, if you blindly look at this, it, this game shouldn't have been a three-touchdown game. You know, I heard so many people leaning towards Northwestern. My algorithms actually like them, but I, I differed. I just thought it was like a popular dog that you had to favor. But because, it, it you know, it, it showed up on my algorithms, I just I wasn't going to argue with that. Uh, so I just decided to pass the game, and um, I'm glad I did because – um, you know, obviously Northwestern seems like an automatic play when they're an underdog. Didn't happen here. Um, the fact that Northwestern still can't pass the ball and they have a five-star quarterback really worries me. Uh, they obviously don't have the receivers or the offensive line. Um, you know, I think if you have a one-dimensional attack going against a Michigan State defense, you're going to struggle. And I think that's why the spread was where it was. But this is misleading because the yardage in this game wasn't all that different. I, I, I felt uh, – that that makes it misleading. The difference was the three turnovers, turnovers for Northwestern. And again, another team going for it on fourth down every time. Um, you know, I don't know that you do that when you're at home and you're a dog and it's a close game. They went one for four on fourth down. North, Northwestern here, a big dog against Wisconsin, 23 points. We already talked about it. I'll lean Northwestern in the first half because the Wisconsin safeties are out. Um, but again, I don't know Northwestern has the passing attack to even take advantage. I don't even know if they'll be aggressive and take advantage. And can if they can stop Jonathan Taylor, who um, I, I know he got banged up in that game, but I think he's he's good to go here. Um, if they can't stop him, 
I, I don't know that I want to touch that. Michigan State, on the other hand, hosts Indiana as a 14-point favorite at home. The line move from 15.5. If this heads back to 14.5, I'd lean Indiana. I believe Indiana has played them tough the last few years. So, um, And Indiana looks great against UConn. I know it's UConn, but they look great against UConn. The only team they didn't look great against was Ohio State. Nobody has so far. Next game, Colorado State. Been uh, on the misleading report a few times now. They lose to Toledo despite eight yards per carry, uh, but they did give up 9.5 yards per carry. Uh, they also had a 405 yards passing in this game. They had the yardage edge by 694 to 547, and they lose the game. Uh, they held Toledo to three for 13 on third down, and they had a 36 to 20 first down edge. The one turnover must have killed them. I really don't see anything in this report. Uh, in the box score, there's no special teams. I mean, it, I, I don't really understand uh, why Toledo won this game. Toledo, two-and-a-half-point home dog this week to BYU. Definitely leaning towards BYU, who's been more tested, playing in, you know, bigger opponents, playing Power 5 opponents. You know, Washington, they've played USC, they've played Utah, they've played Tennessee, uh, and they've been in all those games except for the Washington game. Um, yeah, obviously, tough spot here for BYU having to travel and, and you know they've been in all those games against power five opponents but uh, a team like BYU doesn't really worry me as much I, I definitely lean BYU this week um, my only question obviously is how much do they have left and then uh, here we have Colorado State going on the road to face Utah State which I'll have to take a look at because 24 points is, is a lot of points Colorado State has showed me that they can move the ball um, and their pass defense looked good this past week I have to look into that a little bit more because that's the key going up against Utah State's quarterback, Jordan Love, who's obviously going to the NFL next year. Uh, getting 24 points, uh, even if it's on the road, I, I'm I'm very tempted. Although Colorado State keeps showing up in this misleading box report, and I'm, I don't know that I, I can get in front of uh, Utah State right now. Nebraska on the list here. Um, they just get by Illinois 42-38. to 38. Uh, probably one of the most misleading finals of the year. Nebraska actually held a 690-yard to 299-yard edge, held Illinois to 14 first downs as they had 32, uh, but they nearly lost this game, actually trailed entering the fourth quarter to 35-27. to There were five fumbles in this game. Illinois jumped on all five. I don't know if that was luck or just not a lot of effort from Nebraska. Uh, very rare to see a team recover all five fumbles. Ohio State visits Nebraska. This week as a 17.5-point point favor, I, I think there might be some value here. Two of the younger coaches in the Big Ten and Ryan Day and Scott Frost face off what should be a very good game. Ohio State really has not been tested from a talent perspective, and, and I do think Nebraska has the goods to go toe-to-toe with this team. Look, they went toe-to-toe with them last year on the road, 36-31, to probably should have won that game. You know, I was waiting for a buy signal on Nebraska, and I feel like I finally got it, uh, you know, after a misleading final where they put up 690 yards, uh, they were able to pass the ball. They were able to run the ball. And I think Ohio State is going to want to run the ball in this game, might slow the game down a bit. I, th- I feel like Ohio State thinks that they can run the ball in this game, uh, as Illinois just ran for 200 yards. Uh, I don't know that I trust Justin Fields as a passer quite yet. And, um, you know, I think Nebraska gets up for this game. So I, I definitely lean Nebraska plus 18. I mean, the the spreads moved four points. We definitely have value with Nebraska, plus 18. 
Uh, we'll have to see what the game does later in the week, but uh, definitely a lean on Nebraska game that I'm going to be taking a look at. And uh, fingers crossed, my algorithms are tuning right now, and I hope they agree. Other games, TCU outgained to SMU, 424-406. to These aren't misleading games, just other games I want to talk about. Um, they were able to run the ball, TCU was, but the quarterback position continues to plague this team. Uh, you know, obviously, Mac, Mac, the freshman Max Duggan had three passing touchdowns, but just 13, 16 for 36. Uh, you know, it's a big play offense, but that worries me heading into conference play against some of the more powerful offenses as the defense gave up 41 points. This was supposed to be a game they won, and you know, I'm, now I'm obviously worried in my future bet on TCU over seven and a half wins is going to be very hard to cash with some of the road games they have coming up. Uh, SMU, meanwhile, 4-0 straight up and against the spread. Uh, to me, that's a team that you're going to want to look to fade. But <laughs> they had to play South Florida, open as a 6.5-point favorite, now 8-point favorites. I, I probably won't touch this game because we lost the value on SMU, and obviously they're 4-0 straight up and against the spread. Uh, this is probably going to be one of the more popular teased plays this week on uh, you know SMU. Uh, I I I just don't know. Uh, I don't really get this game or this spread because what is South Florida? What have they proven? Uh, they must be coming off a buy or something. Yeah, they have two weeks to prepare for this game. Um, and their loss against Wisconsin week one looks a whole lot better now, but um, still, I just don't know. Um, SMU, I think, leaving the state of Texas for the first time. This year, no, they went they went to Arkansas State, but then they had North Texas, Texas State, TCU, and Tulsa on deck. Uh, I don't know. I'll probably just pass on that game. For TCU, they host Kansas, and hopefully they'll get some confidence going here. Kansas does rely on the run, which is bad news because TCU has been dominant in stopping the run, just 2.26 yards per carry. TCU also has revenge for losing last year on the road, 26-27 to to Kansas. Uh, they beat them the year before, 43 to nothing at home. So uh, definitely an interesting game. Uh, so definitely going to be interesting looking at that. Uh, let me take a break here real quick. Subscribe to Freddie's Premium Sports Picks Newsletter. Free at FreddieWills.com. Sorry about that. I had to take a drink of water there. Texas A&M, uh, another game. Uh I I missed this game, uh, unfortunately. It was another popular bet by the Sharps in the public last week. I I had it as a possible play, but decided just to watch the games because my algorithms actually predicted Auburn to win outright, which which they did. Uh, the difference in this game was Auburn was able to run the ball and A and M was not. You know, I was looking at this game was almost going to make it a play, and I, you know I I felt like Auburn wasn't going to be able to run the ball, and that's why I felt confident. Uh, I wish I could find my handicap because I think uh, – let me see if I can't find it because when Auburn doesn't run for like 130 yards, and they ran for 190 yards in this game, but I I felt like A&M could hold them. And uh, I was just trying to find my handicap. I put the stat. Oh, it's pretty amazing. And I thought Kellen Mond would, would have a good game at home. You know, he's had a 19 touchdown to two interception – uh, rating at home, but like he didn't really have that great of a game. And then uh, since 2015, Auburn, when they rush for less than 130 yards, are just three and 13 with an average 
margin of loss by of 11.7. So keep that in mind. Uh, you know, they had some big explosive plays with, uh, with the sweeps, the jet sweeps, Anthony Schwartz. I, I did catch the beginning of the game uh, because it wasn't a game that I was betting on. I didn't have it on one of my four TVs. And then I ended up leaving at halftime with the three thirty games anyways. But uh, I did see a couple of explosive running plays by Auburn. Um, A&M did outgain them. So I guess that's good. Uh, but uh, at, at the end of the day, I, 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 it kind of surprised me um, the final and how much Auburn dominated this game. Look, if Auburn can stay healthy and if they can run the ball, they're a dangerous team. But, uh, you know, they have some tough road trips coming up, three road games in a row, starting with Florida, ending with LSU. And they, they, they do get to host if Georgia and Alabama. If they can come out of that with one loss, they're, they're, in, they're in great shape. Um, because if they beat Alabama, they beat Georgia, uh, they're going to the SEC championship game. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting uh, to follow Auburn this year. I don't like. I don't know that I can back them in the game at LSU or Georgia at home or Alabama. I'm just not sold on the coaching staff at this point, and I think that those three teams will be able to stop Auburn's running game because there's at this point, Bo Nix doesn't scare me. He he maybe he develops these next few weeks, but he he doesn't scare me at all. And when you're a one-dimensional offense, you're not gonna. To compete in the SEC among the top teams. Two more games to to mention. Uh, this one I found really interesting. Miami scores 17 points on Central Michigan. They only had 303 yards. They had 53 yards rushing against Central Michigan. Yeah, I figured McIlwain would have some good games against them at, at some point against some quote quality opponents. Besides their 61 to nothing loss against Wisconsin, they've been really competitive in every game. Um, so, you know, Central Michigan might be a team you buy on. I, I mentioned, and I haven't followed my own advice, I mentioned probably that Wisconsin game where they lost 61 and up and scared me. But, uh, I mean, this team is definitely a buy as a dog. And here here they are, 17.5-point dog at Western Michigan. Um, definitely going to be looking at that game because they stopped this Miami running game. Uh, I definitely would like to go back and watch this game to see, like, what the hell was going on in this game. The ACC looks really bad right now. I think Miami's in a good spot where they're going on a bye. Maybe they can regroup. I, I don't know. Um, but so far, Miami has looked like trash on offense. Uh, their defense continues to play well. Um, but Central Michigan was minus two turnovers in that game. The fact that they hung in this game is very surprising. Uh, I, I'd have to go back to look to see if uh, – because I know Miami's offensive line is really bad. So maybe that's why they show – like. 50 something yards rushing. Maybe they, they took a bunch of sacks. Uh, but uh, if central Michigan was, was able to really stop the run in this game. They might be worth a shot against Western Michigan who relies heavy on the running game. Uh, we'll have to see last game, Arkansas lost outright <laughs> at San Jose state. Uh, maybe Arkansas belongs in the ACC this year. I don't know. Uh, Nick Starkle, uh, the quarterback that uh, was was starting over Kellen Mond a couple years ago at Texas A&M threw five interceptions. Uh, you, you know, I love to back Power Five teams after losing to a Group of Five team or an FCS team because there's always line value built in. But right now, Arkansas just seems like a train wreck. Uh, they couldn't stop the run or pass in this game, giving up 7.25 yards per play to San Jose State. 
really bad. Arkansas used to be one of my favorite teams to back in the past. Um, ugh, I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, I don't know how Chad Morris got that job. Maybe it's another, maybe it's another year of suffering, but um, Arkansas right now looks just really fucking bad. Uh, so we'll have to see moving forward. That wraps up uh, today's podcast. I'll try to get back with you guys for a Friday commute podcast. Until then, thanks for listening and make sure you, you guys leave some feedback on my podcast and check out freddywills.com for the premium newsletter. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Freddie Wills College Football Betting Podcast. If you are still listening to this podcast, you are really into college football betting. And if you are really into college football betting, you should consider following my premium plays, especially my play of the days, which have hit roughly 60% against the spread over my 10-year career. If you aren't into paying for picks, that's totally fine. There are many reasons why I wouldn't even want you to, especially if you don't have the bankroll. In that case, you may want to consider visiting sportsbetcapping.com for free picks from over 70 handicapping experts. That's sportsbetcapping.com for access to free picks on all major sports. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. And as a reminder, please leave five-star reviews on iTunes and take advantage of my premium pick newsletter absolutely free at freddywills.com.